0: Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The creative director of the entire shebang of the whole Olympics got canned because he once made a fat joke in a private conversation. This is called a purge. It's a mentality that belongs in Stalin's Russia. How bad does this atmosphere we are living in have to get before the people who say cancel culture is overblown admit that is in fact an insanity that is swallowing up the world? What a ridiculous crowd.
1: I like <laughs> I like Bill Maher saying there. Why did we get this crowd? Yeah, they. Oh, I guess we're supposed to clap here because we don't actually agree with you. We're kind of weirded
0: out. We, we, I think we're we're supposed to clap. No.
1: So I got a variety of things that kind of fit into this whole cancel culture, political correctness, woke culture thingy.
0: Hey, by um, the by, be- before we plunge ahead, there was some other stuff he said that I'm kind of surprised the fellows didn't have in the clip because he was on a great roll, fabulous. He pointed out that the. uh that his politics haven't changed. The left has changed. And he said, uh, the Associated Press is a real news organization, yeah? So why am I reading this headline? Olympic surfing exposes whitewashed native Hawaiian roots. Yeah, the Olympics added surfing this year. Good. Surfers deserve to be recognized as athletes. I'm sorry. What I meant to say is, no, that's cultural appropriation. The Associated Press says that for Hawaiians... Probably all two of them, including surfing in the Olympics, is an extension of the racial indignity seared into the history of the game and their homeland when white outsiders took over their spiritual art form or just people having fun in the ocean. And he says, I must say, of all the violations, of the woke penal code, cultural appropriation might be the dumbest. It, of all. Is,
1: it is the stupidest thing anybody's ever come up with. Cultural appropriation is what the history
0: of the world is. All right, culture. it's a tribute. It's a, it's a signal of respect and affection.
1: Or just the way it works. Just all right. language, art, music, inventions. It's just the way it works. Oh, hey, those guys put leather on their feet so their feet don't get sore. I think I'll do that. Hey, I came up with a better way to do it. You know, it's just it's just the way the world works. I'd like S- to meet the person who first coined that term and punch him in the
0: nose. <laughs> Such garbage. Well, you stole that from the Irish. <laughs> so anyway, cultural appropriation just might be the dumbest of all. First of all, there are 25,000 islands in the Pacific. How do we know a Hawaiian was the first to stand on a board in the water? Probably Seems like something, yeah. something anyone in the ocean would eventually get around to. <laughs> and if you're a surfer, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, or in between. You all taste the same as sharks. Let's say a Hawaiian did invent surfing. Should he or she have kept it to themselves? Most of human history is a horror story. But the good parts are about different groups coming together and sharing. It's sort of the whole point of the Olympics. Then he goes into badminton and has its roots in India. Tennis comes from France. Skiing from Scandinavia. Taekwondo from Korea. Uh, judo in the east. Skateboarding the west coast, whatever. All sorts of stuff. Just shut up. What garbage.
1: It is garbage. And uh, I don't know where it's going. And uh-uh, what percentage? So it's interesting. I think his point was: why would the Associated Press have a headline like that? Who's that for? What percentage of people are into that sort of thing? It's I- got to be a tiny, tiny number of people.
0: Yeah, but they're angry, they're vocal, and they're willing to hurt you badly if they can. And then, you know, he kind of half ass makes a point that I've made many times. The thing about cultural appropriation is that it doesn't take... It's You're not appropriating. You're not taking it. He points out that... Uh, you know, Paul Simon made Graceland in South Africa. It was controversial. Not one African record buyer stopped purchasing local music after Paul Simon made Graceland. You take the ingredient or, or you borrow the ingredient, but you don't take it away. Nobody took surfing from the Hawaiians. Nobody took African rhythms away from Africa. You, you use it. It reproduces. You're not, you're not taking it from anybody. God, yeah. it's so stupid.
1: Um, but so on the political correctness thing, we mentioned this one earlier, this guy named Bishop Talbert Swan, who I didn't know his act, but uh, I learned more of it over the weekend. Anyway, he tweeted, he tweeted out anti Asian. Got to say the words correctly for you to follow this at all. Anti Asian racism has the same source as anti black racism, white supremacy. So even when a black person attacks an Asian person, the encounter is fueled very specifically by white supremacy. So a black wow. guy beating up an Asian guy is white supremacy. And, uh, and James Lindsay, who we had on last week, gave him the clown emoji for that, and I think appropriately so. James Lindsay also pointed out that um, uh, the Rubin Report, at the Rubin Report, got uh, a 12-hour timeout on Twitter for saying some reasonable and factual things about vaccines, but at the particular moment, this particular moment, they weren't politically correct, so got booted off. Tucker Carlson was making the point Friday night that now you're supposed to say that the vaccines don't work and that you could still get the covid. But if you had said that a month ago, you you'd have gotten booted off of Twitter for misinformation by saying the vaccines don't work and you can still get the covid. But now you're now because because
0: it's in support of the new mask mandate. You're allowed to say it again. But don't worry, it's not censorship, everybody. It's private corporations. (laughs) has to the the government.
1: So James Lindsay also hipped me to this. This came from Matthew Iglesias' Twitter feed. It was a flyer for an event featuring a bunch of people you've never heard of, and some of them you have, including Robin DiAngelo, the author of White Fragility. So that crowd.
0: She's and, got a new garbage book out, too, now, I think. It's, and, it's similar.
1: And it mentioned that um, they, were, they were having a B-I-N-B-P-O-C and white folks with an X anti-racist walk to try to raise money. B-I-N-B-P-O-C and white folks,
0: F-O-L-X, anti-racist walk. So um P I O N B C O P O C B I N B Unbelievable was his name. Oh, so James Lindsay said, "Okay, I'll bite." What the hell is N B P
1: O C? So he did some. He did some of the research and came up with it through this Matthew Iglesias' Twitter feed. Um The N B, so P O C, you know, is people of color. The N B stands for non-black, and then the. B, I guess it's a B L, not a B I. So the B L at the end, at the beginning of N B P O C, stands for Black. No, it is an I. No, Black Indigenous. Yes, yeah, Black yeah. Indigenous and non-Black people of color. That's what that entire acronym stands for: Black Indigenous and non-Black people of color.
0: I'm I I. I give it one week. They'll add a couple more letters, guaranteed.
1: Non-Black people of color is what N B P O C is. So that's the new acronym you use. If you're going
0: to use that. Uh, who needed that? <laughs> what are you talking about? Un- what is your problem? I, you I, people? I don't know. My God, they're just so silly. The more you learn about it and the more you unmask it is just wildly illogical, purely like salons of higher education, uh, philosophical mind games. It's, it's, it has no meaning, all this crap. The, the, the less powerful it becomes. It's just idiotic. Read James Lindsay's Cynical Theories. Did he write that with uh, Helen Pluckrose? He did. I always give Lindsay credit, but not Helen. I apologize, Helen. He did. You're terrific.
1: Um, I got some polling number I'll hit you with. So they had the Capitol riot hearings started last week. How did that move the public? What direction? You're going to be surprised on that. Uh, I don't think it got the result Nancy Pelosi was hoping for or even close. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC
0: Armstrong and Getty The Armstrong and Getty Show. Are
1: squirrels melting in Texas? Uh, pardon me? We'll have that story for you coming up. So, hmm. how much of this do I want to say out loud or just think to myself?
0: So, uh, <laughs> The part you think yourself is going to kind of leave the rest of us in the lurch.
1: <laughs> so, they, they started the hearings last week on the whole January 6th riot dealio and uh we played you a little bit of it we didn't talk about it that much but man there are obviously very different opinions on the whole thing i mean cuz you had people who were um, moved to tears by the testimony of some of the cops who got uh, that thought they were going to lose their lives that day and then you had like on uh, on the fox primetime lineup uh, laura ingram was handing out uh her version of the oscars for acting awards uh, under the idea that these were all just completely phony um contrived emotions from these people wow i really
0: hate modern politics
1: and uh th- those are pretty two pretty different views i mean you, yeah. you're, you're moved to tears yourself by watching it or you think it's you know you mock it and give out awards because you think it's so silly anyway i'll tell you uh how most people felt an emotional hearing i'm reading from the new york post an emotional hearing this week in which police officers attacked in the Capitol riot testified Uh, Turned more Americans against the need for the probe, according to the morning consult poll that just came out. Among voters of all parties, 53% supported the investigation, down from 66% in June. And 58% just a week ago. So it's gone 66% in June, 58% a week ago, down to 53% after the hearing started. Four out of five Democrats were in favor, while only a quarter of Republicans were. Um, And and in terms of the impact that it's just going to have in general, only 49% of those polled said they'd watched even any of the committee hearing that dominated the news cycle on Tuesday. Well, it dominated the news cycle, particularly on lefty news, but um, so half is about exactly the, you know, we're a evenly split country and the half that thinks this is a big deal watched a little bit of it. And the half that doesn't think this is a big deal didn't watch any of it. So Mm -hmm. once again, You know, Sean's thing used to be no minds will be changed. Show me one human being in America who will change their mind after this happens. And probably once again, no minds have been changed.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the hearings themselves may have been a factor, but I think the greatest factor is uh, uh, January 6th was horrendous. It was ugly. But mostly everybody's okay, with all due respect to the one gal who died and the cops who were injured. And the system's okay. The country's endured. We haven't had an insurrection. And I don't know. It's just I think time heals all wounds. And the decreasing number of people who think it's serious or want to follow the investigation or think it's necessary, I think that's just the way human beings are. The squirrels of Texas are not melting, Joe. They're just splooting,
1: according to experts. It's kind of funny if you can see the picture, and I'm looking at the picture right here.
0: Splooting sounds like some uh, euphemism my daughter would use for an activity I don't want to talk about with her.
1: It's, (laughs) It's so hot out, the squirrels look like they're melting, but what they're doing is they're finding... Cool spots of pavement or cement or whatever, and they're making themselves so incredibly flat with their arms out and their tails flat oh. and their bodies flat and their faces squished down. It looks like they're melting or may have died, but it's, I've seen that. It's called spluting, and what it's doing is getting as much of your the surface of your body onto the cool pavement in extreme heat to try to stay alive.
0: Yeah, I can't remember what it was. it was ages ago, but a squirrel was flattening himself out completely, and I wondered what was going on. It was on a golf course. Oh, speaking of golf courses and, and beasts. So I'm playing in uh, Monterey, California over the weekend uh, with, with friends. It was absolutely wonderful. Great time. Good to see the fellows. Um, but at one point we see a coyote uh, trotting about. Mm-hmm. and, you know, it's no problem. It goes here and there. They're totally unafraid of humans, which is a little intimidating since it's a wild dog. And at one point, we're about to tee off, and and I'd already hit. I'd go back to the cart, and this coyote's coming right at me. And I kind of, hey, yeah, hey. And it just keeps coming right at me. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is not good. So I grab a golf club. I'm ready to beat him with it. He trots by me <laughs> before he starts chewing on my leg. And me, I'm well marbled. I'm was, meaty.
1: was he wearing Acme roller skates with, uh, like, uh, dynamite on them to make him go really fast or anything
0: like that? Not noticeably, although he was uh, notably wily. Uh, but so he he trotted by me, and we watch him go, and he, he goes into the bush, and he... Picks out a beast and starts shaking it back and forth and like chewing it and swallowing it. And he ate in three bites what looked to be an enormous rat. Ooh. I mean, it was, it was, oh, God, it made my stomach sick thinking of that much squirming beast in my stomach, but coyote merciless. But then it was interesting because we played at a really, really nice place. And I said, oh, my God, he just ate that rat. And, uh, and my friend Steve, who belongs there, said, uh, he belongs to that the golf club. He says, I think that was a vole. And I said, that was the biggest vole I've ever seen in my life. He said, yeah, that was probably a vole. And I think it's because he didn't want to admit they had rats there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Having voles is okay. It's just part of nature. But rats would be, uh, you know, un- unseemly.
0: Oh, yeah. We don't permit rats here at Bushwood. Uh, but whatever it was, it was something, man. Those coyotes are so, oh, boy. And then, we were, we, then the conversation turned to how on nextdoor.com. Uh, and depending on where you live, you might be able to relate to this. But certainly Californians can. You have all these nice old ladies saying, I haven't seen my Fluffy for three days. If you see Fluffy, please call me Fluffy being a, little, a cat or a little dog. M- Grandma, Fluffy's gone. Fluffy's gone. If the coyotes didn't get it, the mountain lions did. Oh,
1: boy. Yeah.
0: Um, we mentioned this
1: earlier. Um, one of your uh, hockey stars is being accused of uh, throwing games for gambling by his estranged wife, I assume, soon-to-be ex-wife. So it's a Vander Kane of the San Jose Sharks. Ooh. And his wife has made these ac- accusations in tweets. How does the NHL let a compulsive gambling addict still play when he's obviously throwing games with bookies to win money? His wife said, hmm, maybe somebody needs to address this. So the San Jose Sharks are looking into it. The 29-year-old Kane has four seasons left on a $49 million contract that he signed three years ago. You'd think if you signed a $49 million contract, you wouldn't need to do something as awful as throw hockey games because you're gambling. But if you're a gambling addict, you can get upside down quickly.
0: Yeah, well, and if he's a degenerate gambler, it becomes a you know a, a crazy bone in your head.
1: Earlier your this head, your head doesn't work right. Earlier this year, he filed for Chapter Seven bankruptcy, listing ten point two million dollars in assets and twenty six point eight million dollars in liabilities. Oh yeah, yeah. And in twenty nineteen, a Vegas hotel sued him for a half million dollars in unpaid gambling debts.
0: That settles it.
1: Wow, he, he, he had $10 million in assets and owed t- almost $27 million, even though he signed a $49 million contract. That's the kind of guy that is in enough financial trouble to throw hockey games to try to get out of financial trouble. That's what that is. I don't know uh-huh.
0: that he did it, but it's certainly possible. That's the story on college athletes, too. They gamble on whatever other sports uh, poker you name it they get extended credit then once the the uh mobsters get them on the the line for more money than they can pay back that's when they start shaving points and throwing games i'll bet that's what happened to this guy
1: well how interesting will that be especially since the san jose san jose sharks have played a lot of playoff hockey over the last several years and a lot of levels. disappointing
0: and, playoff hockey
1: yeah, and a lot of amazing how were you so good during the regular season but you lots lost this series hockey so
0: oh boy Armstrong and Getty The Armstrong and Getty show
1: so a little more on this uh, betting possible scandal. You got this star hockey player, plays for the San Jose Sharks, Evander Kane, whose wife is claiming that he was throwing games because he's a compulsive gambler and he went bankrupt and he's upside down. And uh, young Alex, uh, is, who is a
2: giant hockey fan, right? And you're a
1: Sharks fan, particularly.
2: Yes, I'm from the Bay Area, I'm from San Jose. So, and
1: you in. and you say in major key playoff games, Evander Kane played poorly.
2: Uh, he played great the first couple rounds, couple games, and then it gets to key. Hey, we're down two games to one, three games to one, and he just disappeared. Just gone. Hmm. And I mean, that's where the money would be.
1: Was oh, you, yeah. You, you know?
2: Yeah, he'd take key penalties. He'd, you know, get into fights. He missed five minutes for fights in hockey, you know. Was, and
1: how easy. That's That would be like the easiest. That might be the easiest way to, to, to influence a game there could be. Makes it's, him a prime candidate. Is to get into a fight and you just aren't there as one of the star players. You don't have to do anything actively at
0: that point. You're just not on the ice. Well, and, and to uh, continue Alex's description, I mean, if you have the favored team down 2-1 to one or 3-1, to one, uh, the odds are going to be overwhelming that they're going to win that game. They're going to be desperate, playing hard. They're super motivated, etc. That's the game you toss.
1: So, and the only reason I brought this up again, this will be interesting to follow, I mean, his his soon-to-be ex-wife is saying he's throwing games, and now the San Jose Sharks are looking into it. Um, While wow, that could be exciting. But... Uh, I ended up going into the YouTube wormhole on Lance Armstrong over the weekend. Why the YouTube thing is weird. really yeah. your cousin Lance? The YouTube thing is weird, you know. You 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 go from one thing to another thing to another thing, and the next thing you know, you're doing research. It seems like on, it's just it's weird. But anyway, I went down the the Lance Armstrong road, and I ended up on a couple of different documentaries about how much he cheated, and sauce, and it included some of his denials. And it just reminded me that you, you can't believe any of these people because um, you, you don't know them. You don't you don't know them. You kind of feel like you know them because you root for them, but you don't know them at all. And plenty of them over recent years have been able to look you right in the eye through the camera and with a quiver in their voice saying, I can't believe people think I'm, I've never cheated in my life, blah, blah, blah. And they're lying to you.
0: Eloquent, heartfelt, completely convincing, and completely dishonest. And like, yeah, there's nuts. a string of uh, good. And then there's a string of them, Lancey boy. Well,
1: oh, and then you got people like this, ho- this hockey guy. Who knows? He might have done it, you know, twice. Lance Armstrong was lying for like a decade, the entire time about everything, and he was perfectly comfortable looking everybody in the eye and
0: uh, and saying no. Well, if this dude was upside down to the tune of sixteen million dollars, yeah, the mobsters could say to him, "Look, how about we postpone your payment, or we'll knock off X amount. You just make sure the sharks don't win." Please, that that's so it's so believable. It's like, of course they did. Of course it he did.
1: Almost seems like the most likely thing that happened, right? Yes,
0: yeah. That's why they get you in hock like that. The, a compulsive gambler, athlete is the best thing a mobster can find. That's a gold mine. Gold mine. That's something. Yeah, it is. A uh, complete transition. Uh, forgive us, this is somewhat COVID related, but you'll find it interesting, I promise. Hey, Michael, play clip number 20 just for chuckles. If you're unvaccinated, you put your doctor and nurses at risk. The same frontline essential workers who put their lives on the line over the past year and have gone through hell.
1: Even Biden himself admitted that COVID deaths are way down, nowhere near their peak. So why are we continuing to hold America hostage
0: for a disease that is overwhelmingly survivable? It's all of these Trumpers and people on the right side of the aisle saying, you can't force people. And then what about freedom? And what about... I think that narrative needs to flip to who is the voice of the vaccinated. So the vaccines work. The only people getting sick are the unvaccinated, but the vaccinated still have to wear masks
1: why is that i do expect more members more members of the press getting angry about the fact that a lot of these jackasses are are literally putting their children's lives in danger because they're trying
0: to make a political point those uh, jackasses include something like 40% of healthcare workers mm-hmm. a, a substantial majority of black america uh, just the, the who's who here is not nearly as clear as the Joe's Scarborough of the world would have you believe and it extends to the international scene we haven't paid that much attention to it but there were giant demonstrations in Europe over the weekend Greece was demonstrating against uh, vaccine mandates and in Berlin uh, the German people God bless them have been pushing back really really hard on the really really hard clampdown on the economy on jobs on their daily activities and their are a lot of people in germany among other countries that are saying look there's no proof that your lockdowniest methods did any good and you're crushing our economies you're crushing our jobs you're crushing our families we're not putting up with it anymore and the beatdown in berlin was was amazing they there's a lot of violence a lot of clashes with police uh, at least 600 arrests Uh, I retweeted a video where a German cop beat down a little boy because he was trying to hold on to his mom who was being dragged away. And uh, I find myself wondering whether this is a moment that will have some resonance um, with people and their views about liberty and government control and going along to get along. I mean, the one thing we learn from history is that we learn nothing from history, right? Um, What do you think? Do you think that the... the, uh, the pain, the sting of some of this government overreach and stupidity will have a lasting effect.
1: I think there will be an over—well, I don't know if it's overreaction, but there will be a reaction in the other direction, um, as often happens. To I'm thinking about the example of wars. So, um, you know, Vietnam happened. All the discussion after Vietnam, and then we overreacted probably too far the other way about not wanting to get involved in anything. And so that we go back and forth with these things. I wonder if the next crisis that comes along where you actually do need to have some government authority, you're not going to get any uh, compliance because when
0: the when the Peruvian goat fever comes along, people are just going to laugh and extend their middle finger.
1: A redo of the Spanish flu of 1918. That is something horrific um this time we're going to be yeah like, whatever i think we'll we'll react the other direction because you abused your authority the government abused its authority through this whole thing and is continuing to till this day which is amazing
0: and, and except in a few cases they have never said Look we overreacted. we didn't know what we were dealing with. We shouldn't have said this as it turns out. we apologize. We're guessing we're all guessing and we got that one wrong. Have you heard anybody no, say that? No no and then that would be the right way to approach it. Well, I mean it's thoroughly understandable it's it's defensible. You didn't know you were going with the best information you had at the time, but you made some mistakes. Uh,
2: We all fall short sometimes.
0: Yeah, some more of us, uh, some more often than others. There, uh, Gabby. but uh, for instance, shutting down millions and millions of small businesses and all of that revenue flowing to giant businesses, not asking American businesses to be safe. But appraising whether they're essential or not. And then the heavy hand of government shutting you down if you're not essential. Not trusting American business people to keep themselves and their customers safe. That should never happen again. That should never happen again. And they should apologize for that. But they don't. So the cynicism
1: grows. While we're on the topic of the COVID, COVID, not COVID, with a B.
0: What's Uh, all this COVID I've been hearing about?
1: uh, The COVID. Once again, so this doctor, Dr. Francis Collins, NIH director who was on one of the shows yesterday, is on Fox News Sunday. Do you agree with his view of things? It's clip 34 there. If Delta is as contagious as we now know it is, and we want to try to put an end to what is a very significant uptick
2: right now, wearing masks if you're under 12 and can't be vaccinated when you're in school is a really smart thing to do. And I know it's tiresome and kids and their parents are sick
1: of it. But let's think about we're talking about life and death here. We've lost 620,000 Americans already. If we could save even a few of those by putting masks on ourselves and our kids, well, it seems like the right thing to do. So he believes if you could save a few, as in three, if you could save three lives in a nation of 340 million people, it's worth having kids wear masks all day, every
0: day in the entire country. I don't think most of us agree with that. I don't. It's funny, I hadn't caught it the first time we played that clip. He revealed himself. He said, if you want to end this uptick wait a minute now, you get to keep your job no matter what. In fact, the worse the COVID is, the more in demand you are. Your labs haven't been shut down. Your, your living hasn't been impacted. So you're going to put everybody in masks, including little kids who are at practically zero danger and aren't very effective vectors, honestly. But um, to end this uptick, what are we willing to pay to end an uptick?
1: They are and have been moving the goalposts from the beginning. So now we're down Constantly. to now we we'll, now we're down to mask mandates to stop three deaths in the entire country of unvaccinated people, by the way, because it almost, you know, they themselves have been saying it's an epidemic of the unvaccinated. So to save three people who have the option to get vaccinated, but have decided not to three people in the whole country, everybody's kids going to wear a mask all day at school. Right. I don't think most of us are willing to make that trade.
0: You know, a couple of fun facts, uh, and one I mentioned earlier, but it's, it's quite the head-scratcher. India, which was just being devastated, you remember that? The news media was talking about it constantly. And it does occur to me that, wait a minute, if a hospital gets slammed anywhere in America, the entire American media rushes there and reports on how it's a disaster and the Delta variant is killing people. But all the other hospitals that are not so busy at all, you don't hear that. Anyway, uh, India had this enormous scourge of the Delta variant. It's where it was first discovered. And they, they peaked in mid to late May of this year. Horrific numbers of cases and hospitalizations and deaths and desperation for oxygen and people taking their loved ones from hospital to hospital to hospital. You remember we were talking about that at the time. Well, it's dropped 90% since may and nobody has any idea why india's uh, vaccination percentage i think is is it three percent it's in the single digits of percentages dropped 90 percent since may and nobody's sure why as they they come to you on your television set and decree why you and your little kids must be in masks they can't even figure out why india's had this astonishing turnaround It's a a nasty disease. Look, we're not knee-jerk rejecters of everything, just because we're skeptical about some things. But there is so little that's known, actually, at this point. So the Senate
1: last night, with another key vote on this half-trillion-dollar infrastructure package um, that's going to move forward, and now they're looking at the $3.5 trillion human infrastructure package... Uh, um oh, Sen- crap. <laughs> Senator McConnell, the Republican, just said something interesting on the floor about Bernie Sanders that we'll pass along that I agree with 100%. And we'll finish strong. Our text line is 415295KFTC.
0: Strong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: 117th minute, Acosta hooks it into the traffic of free hat and it's a goal! The United States has scored. Miles Robinson. So that's not uh, Olympics. That's World
2: Cup soccer. And the United
1: States beat Mexico. Sure.
2: They did one nothing in the Gold Cup. That's a big deal. That's like the Americans' version of the European Championship that just got finished, where uh,
0: Italy beat England. Oh, the like the Americas, this hemisphere, uh, they North and South America. Yeah,
2: North and Central, North and Central America. Okay, okay, all right. We win! Yay! Woohoo!
1: I feel good about myself. It's a big deal um,
0: beating uh, you know Mexico yeah, and all yeah. those countries. They
1: care about that sport. Um. Uh we were talking about this earlier the 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 myth that the whole unvaccinated thing is about people being uh, Trump voters being misled by Fox News N- no part of that sentence is true it's a whole bunch of different people that aren't getting vaccinated for a variety of different reasons 40% of Washington DC is unvaccinated ain't a lot of Trump voters in Washington DC about as blue <laughs> an area as you can get 40%
0: unvaccinated What's blue is, what ain't blue is black. Well, some of the black is blue. Some of the blue is black. Anyway, a lot of black folks there.
1: Another story I wanted to get on. Harvard lecturer blasted by colleague for defending existence of biological sex. You got somebody who lectures at Harvard, which means you're probably pretty uh, well-respected in your field. She writes books about uh, uh, human biology and that sort of stuff. And she continues to suggest that there is biologically such thing as a man and a woman. She got hammered by her colleagues at Harvard, specifically from the Director of Diversity and Inclusion, which we talked about that in, earlier in the show, about how uh-huh. those departments have overtaken universities as really being about the biggest, best-funded department in your local university. Anyway, she attacked her car, colleague there at Harvard who claimed there is such thing as man and woman, saying, I'm appalled and frustrated by the transphobic and harmful remarks made by a member of my department. You're a
0: cultist and an idiot.
1: This dangerous language perpetuates a system of discrimination against non-cis people within the med system. I don't have any idea what that means. It directly opposes our task force work that aims to create a safe space for scholars of all gender identities and sexes.
0: Yeah, part of the whole gender studies thing is pretending there are no biological sexes, that it's completely uh, uh, insignificant doesn't have any meaning. Uh, James Lindsay pointed out, uh, with Helen Pluckrose in his fabulous book, Cynical Theories, wouldn't it be odd if we were the only species of primate that didn't have notable and significant differences between the sexes in in physical uh, form, in the roles within the community, etc.? We would be the only primate species on Earth. How likely is that, cultists?
1: I think I know what cis means. That means I was born with male parts and I identify as a male, right? Correct. That's yes. cis. what? But what's the med system? Cis people I, within the med system, M-E-D. I I don't know the med system. Okay. Anyhow. Harvard on Harvard violence there. I hope they work that out between them. Hate to see people fight.
0: Final Thought with G. Yeah! Yeah! Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Why not a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day? There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo. Michael, final thought.
1: Yeah, I'm already vaccinated, but now I'm hearing that Joe Biden is saying that he might give everybody $100 if we get vaccinated. Yep. I'm going you know, pretend I'm not. Yeah, but there's Johnson & Johnson. There's uh, Pfizer. There's Moderna. If I got all three, I could get a new computer. <laughs> is there any damage to getting a shot again if you don't need it? Can it do you any harm?
0: I heard the uh, gal from the CDC say, we don't have enough data to tell you that. I'll just go get it again. Give him 100 bucks. Dear guinea pig, is that your final thought? No, no it was not. Young Alex is uh, back in the studio. Good to see you. Hey, Alex, what's your final thought?
2: Uh, my final thought is it's great to be back. Uh, the trade deadline has passed in Major League Baseball, and this is some of the most exciting times to watch, especially if you're a fan of the Giants. Keep yes, an eye on them.
1: Absolutely. Best record in all of baseball, correct?
2: Uh, that'd be correct, sir. I listened to a little Giants Fantastic. baseball over the weekend.
1: How'd that happen? Anyway, uh, Jack, a final thought for us? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. Life is kicking my buttocks lately. Personal life is. I mean, it's just kicking me around, punching me in the groin, holding me down and making me eat grass for some reason. Everybody goes through these periods in their life, I realize, but I'm going through one right now. and This is my little uh, oasis away from all that at work.
0: My final thought is the bipartisan spending bill it's either a trillion or five hundred fifty billion depending on if you look at new spending or whatever but twenty seven hundred and two pages there is nobody nobody in Congress or the Senate who read the entire thing and comprehended it not oh, even close not even
1: close um, and I forgot to mention what um Mitch McConnell just said on the floor of the Senate. He said Bernie Sanders didn't win the presidency, but his ideology won the war, and that's absolutely true. Yeah, wow! Sure. He 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 drugged the Democratic Party and enough of the country his direction to get through a lot of what he what used to be like just pie in the sky is never going to happen stuff is now,
0: uh, gonna happen. Karl Marx is smiling, smiling somewhere in communist heaven.
1: Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday.
0: So many people thanks, so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can get uh, shows or segments of shows you missed via podcast on demand. We have some extra-large podcast interviews from last week. Check it out.